1: Welcome to The Magnetic Voice, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel, a show where speakers and singers learn how to be more magnetic and align their voices to the divine within. Today, episode 30, Gratitude with special guest, Elizabeth Duncan Hawker. And now your host, Monique McDonald. Hello and
2: welcome. Welcome to the Magnetic Voice Podcast. My name is Monique McDonald, and I am here with Elizabeth Duncan Hawker. And we are ready to rock the world today with gratitude. Hello, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my goodness. I'm so delighted to be here, Monique. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, you're so welcome. So I'm going to tell everyone a little bit about Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a speaker, author, business growth consultant. And she had to master the art of making and keeping friends at an early age. Today, her magnetism pulls acquaintances closer and puts strangers at ease. She loves to engage all types of people in conversation. Her best-selling book, Collecting True Friends, was divinely inspired to share proven methods so others can create and develop quality relationships. So welcome, yes. Elizabeth. I'm so happy for you. Um, My question to you today is, what are you most grateful for? Oh my goodness, being
3: able to listen to... And for those of you that, that are can embrace that uh, the divine inspiration and and really getting that message out that it's even when you don't know how to do something and I was terrified to become a first time author but I knew this message had to get out so I'm grateful, Monique, that it's done. The message is out and now I'm hearing from the readers. And from the people that I'm doing the speeches to, I'm hearing from them the questions and I'm realizing that everything I went through, that there is value. And I believe that all of us need to know that because sometimes we we question our value. And um, I'm very grateful that I delivered and it's good <laughs> because you never know until you get it out there. So it's always a relief. It's kind of like after the party and then you ask somebody, did you all have a good time Was with- was the, was the food good? <laughs> you know, and and they go. We had a great time, and then you are like, yes, right. So we are there. We have arrived, and I'm I'm grateful for all my friends, family, and relatives, and people that helped me get it done. So great question.
2: Thank you. It's you are so welcome, and I just want to congratulate you in having divine inspiration and following it through until it became a manifestation in your hands. It's it's really beautiful. And it is a process, right? Yes. <laughs> um, So tell us, how did this get started? How did this all get started? What brought you to this moment in your life, Elizabeth?
3: Well, it's interesting because I was, I know you all can't see me, but I've got flaming red hair, big blue eyes, very pale skin. And as a child, i we constantly were relocating. So we moved seven times before I hit high school. So you can imagine this gangly, very pale, redheaded little girl that doesn't know anybody showing up to yet another school every two years we moved. And I realized I had a choice. And of course, since I didn't fit in, I didn't look like anybody people, the kids weren't always that nice to me, or the neighbors would be asked kind of weird questions like, well, your parents don't have red hair. What? Who are you? Right? I mean, it was what, what happened? happened? <laughs> like, what, this is, we understood genetics, right? And actually, a redhead, it, for those that don't know, with one, with blue eyes is one percent of the population. So we are a genetic mutation. So I always felt like kind of like this mutant. You, you know, the mutant ninja. A cartoon right so i always <laughs> felt like that so when you when you don't blend in you have a choice you can either go sit over and be quiet or you can be the person that tries to figure out the science behind how do you relate to others what's going to make what's going to make you have a friend with somebody friendship is so critical even as a kid we knew it and it's French and friendship is even more critical when we get older so by the time i got into high school i'd gotten pretty good monique with Okay, you show up to the new town, you unpack, you get your room set up. And then how do I get along with all these people that are looking at me like I'm Bozo the Clown, right? <laughs> and um, so that was the impetus behind my whole life has always been new job, new career, you know, moving, making relationships. And I have always used that same skill set, remembering being the new kid, which means and, and whether you, anybody realizes they're a new kid or not, we're all new kids, We start new jobs, we move into new neighborhoods, we start something that's uncomfortable. We're always new in some way. And when we do that, I created this really great sensitivity for anybody that was not kind to someone else. And then I noticed people that were kind. So with those skills, that led to, you know what, I think this message needs to get out there. People need to know how to make friends. And so the name of the book was originally Collecting Friends. And then I I heard that little kid's voice again saying, but it's not about that. It's about true friends. And remember when you were a kid and they'd say, well, they're just not a true friend. Or, hey, I'm your true friend. I'll help you out. And so we knew it then. We just need to start recognizing it now that we we have people in our lives that can be these amazing true friends, but we don't know how to get them. And that's where the collecting comes from.
2: I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I have been to networking events where you can just tell the people that are collecting names <laughs> and the people who are collecting true friends. So I, I really, really appreciate that. Um, let me ask you because, you know, looking through your bio and, and having a conversation that we had before we decided to do this together. I would call you a master networker. You have really figured out networking. So my question is, what is the craziest thing you've ever seen happen as a master networker?
3: Oh, wow. There's been so many. I can imagine. (laughs) Um, I would think probably, and that goes into the no, he didn't moment, right? No. No he did. Yes, no, he he did. Did he really? So I would probably say the craziest thing was when one of the guys drank too much, went over and everybody kept trying to remove him from the situation and he and he decided that was his moment to speak his truth and he and he spoke he spoke his truth to the president of the company to the point that he actually arm wrestled him, like put him in a half Nelson, got the guy over in the corner. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and we were all horrified. and We kept trying to say, um, uh, hey, uh, uh, and we tried, kept trying to pull him off of the president. It was really interesting. So, of course, the guy lost his job. And uh, but it was like one of oh, those crazy boy. moments like you're this is not happening. And you're, it was slow motion for all of us because we were just like, this is not going to turn out well. Um, and then I would say another craziest moment would be the moment when you, okay, in fact, I had one today. Here's, bam, here's, Ooh, here's a I God's wink to you. I'm standing at an international women's conference today and the lady's walking up to me and I wasn't sure if she worked because not all the women worked because sometimes when they come to America, they're not allowed to work. She says, yes, actually I'm local. I'm, I just started a new uh, brokerage company. It was fascinating, right? She and I, so when we got ready to break off, I just looked at her something. I get these kind of like intuitions, which is for your listeners, please, if you have an intuition or an inkling, that's your cue that you're supposed to do something. So just don't go, Oh, yeah, you know, and walk away. So my intuition teed me up and I thought, and I said to her, I said, in her name, I said, what's your biggest challenge you're facing right now? And she looked at me like, I don't know you. And you, and, and, and then I, sh- I guess she could tell that I wasn't going to go away or maybe I really cared. I don't know. <laughs> and I just stood there and I waited. And that's when you're supposed to shut up, right? And she looked at me and she said, I haven't been able to get my licensing. And I've had the application in for three months. I call every single day and it's stuck on somebody's desk and I don't know what I'm going to do. I have all these people ready to work for me and Elizabeth. And she, she looked at my badge that I had on there. She goes, it's Elizabeth. And I go, right, Elizabeth. And I said, she goes, Elizabeth, I, I, I just, I said, okay, may I make a suggestion? I said, look, when I had that problem getting a certain certification, mine sat there for six months. It was supposed to be a six week process. I asked somebody I know, who do you know that's influential that can make a difference? And then she said to me, she said, that won't work. And I just stood there and I smiled and I said, it will work. Who do you know that can make a difference? And then she stood there and then all of a sudden I saw the light bulb go off and she goes, I know, I know who can do that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And she just texted me after the luncheon and she said, I did what you said. And here's what's interesting. The application was just found on someone's desk and they're processing it right now. So
2: I, I love that that story, Elizabeth, for a a few things, (laughs) the Absolutely. The first is that you listened to your intuition and spoke from your intuition and used your voice to ask the right question that you were guided to ask. But then you did something that most of us don't do. You were silent and just created the loving space for her to find the answer for herself And I just want to thank you for doing that because some of us, we don't have the courage to speak up. And then when we speak up, we don't know how to put our our whatever it is that we're called to say out there and then just be still and wait for what. The responses. I love that. Thank you oh, you're so welcome. much. Well, that, that
3: was all what was handed to me today. <laughs> so, so, and, and that's a wonderful affirmation, Monique. Because when we get those affirmations that we are in the right place at the right time, then it makes us want to do what? It wants us to repeat. So it's like rinse and repeat. Okay, you know what? That worked. So I need to ask that question again. That was a good question. It helps somebody. But what I loved is that, okay, here's another networking, connecting, because we're all about power connecting and friends, right? Because this woman will probably go on to be a friend. I'll see her again because she's got a connection, right? But what I did with her is before we left, I had given her my card. She did not have a card on her, but I took a photo of her. I said, can we, can we snap a picture? Because I like to remember what people look like. I snapped a photo. And then I hit the send button. I said, what's your cell phone number? I'm going to send you this photo so you can remember me. So her information was in. That's how she was able to tell me the rest of the story. And I would have never known that.
2: I love that. I love that. And what a great tip, right? A great way to um, facilitate exchanging information. Take a picture and then send it to the person. Beautiful. All right.
3: While you're there, don't delay because people forget they get your card. It goes on their desk. It it goes on the floor of their car. (laughs) Uh,
2: That's right. And that's a way to really make it personal because, of course, sometimes we don't remember the name, but we often remember the face. Okay. Here's my next question for you, Elizabeth. What is one hidden pitfall with creating lasting connection and building community that prevents people from succeeding?
3: Oh, gosh, there's so many. Let's see, we could pick from. The, the one that's popping up for me to share with your listeners today is roadblocks. And that's actually one of the chapters early on in the book. A roadblock, when you are connecting with someone or you're, or you're hoping that you can create a friend, is when someone wants to get to know you and you don't realize you're putting up a roadblock. Some of our roadblocks Mm. come emotionally because our parents have pushed it on us. For example, as a kid, maybe you were told, why are you asking that? You're asking too many questions. Don't give away information. Why are you talking to strangers? So we hear all of these voices in there, and then we learn to shut down, and we don't share. Or here's the thing I run into with several people that I've actually collected over the years as friends, but initially they put up roadblocks, and they were the inspiration for the chapter, Monique is that they were suspicious. Why does Elizabeth mm-hmm. want to go to lunch with me? Why does she like me? Why every time do I see her, is she nice to me? And so when you have, <laughs> as far as a pitfall, it actually creates the roadblock because, that, and I'm a very tenacious person. So if I had to be a dog, I would be like a huge staffy terrier, about a hundred pound terrier. <laughs> right. Cause I'm going to like keep staying with it until like, I know the squirrel's up that tree. <laughs> right? So if (laughs) if I didn't stick with that, and most people don't, and that's a pitfall. And that's why people will not follow up with them and follow through. is because we send off the vibe like back off. Don't don't get too close. Or if we're the if we if we're not doing that, then we're the person that in my case, like, for example, I'm explaining to you that I'm tenacious. If I had not been transparent, Just like with the lady today, and I'm saying, what's your biggest challenge? I let her know in a friendly, non-aggressive way, I liked her. I was doing something to then be, be friendly to her. It was me to take the step forward because the pitfall people forget is you have to initiate. You have to explain to them why you're interested in them because it gets, it breaks through the suspicion. It breaks through their mother or father's voice that says, don't talk to strangers or, or, or the worst part when I've heard from so many people that I've helped over the years is Elizabeth, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. So when we, mm, that's the one. So that is the one. And when we can say, please, every time. tell me, I want to know this. Like, I'm interested. Then all of a sudden that pitfall goes away and the person's like, really? You want to talk to me? Yes. And then, but tell them why. And in, in a lot of cases, I'll tell somebody, because you make me laugh. Like you, and I think you and I exchanged <laughs> that when we first talked. I that's was like, right. I like you. You make me laugh. This is good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's great. You know, I love that and because I really believe Elizabeth and it's something that I I adhere to and it's actually one of my missions in life. The greatest gift you can give someone is your undivided attention. For them to know that they are seen and heard. I think it's the number one thing that we worry about as human yes. beings. Who am I to be listened to? Why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? And it does. It goes back to our life experiences that have may have taught us that it's not safe to put ourselves out there. So that takes a, a bit of courage to trust that if you open up first, that others will too and creating space for others to be seen and heard is one way to allow yourself to be seen and heard so i i really appreciate oh, that oh you're
3: welcome and and as far as opening up to others that would say i would say that would be another pitfall you have to gauge your audience you know just like any good speaker they always say find out who's sitting in the audience who's in the seats well when you're talking to someone that you really don't know that well you have to look at the cadence of how the voice is going back and forth. Are they resonating? Are they nodding their head? What's their body language saying to you? Or are they feeling like you're giving me way too much information and that's too personal? You know, like, I mean, so, so it's like, so body language, if because body language is 55% of our effectiveness in communication words and tone are only 38%. So, and our work, so, so, if we don't look at the person and really follow if they're tracking with what we're saying, that's right. Then, then all of a sudden we can go from, we are getting, okay, we've got them to open up a little bit to then I become way too familiar. And I love this. I love this right. analogy, Monique, if I can tell, may I share this one that I made up? Cause it's kind of funny. Please. So it's like, if you go to your favorite grocery store or your little market and you see the cashier all the time and you do some friendly banter, Oh, good to see you. How you been? How's your family? Right. It's like, Okay, but they're not your friend. It's the person you see and they're ringing up your groceries, right? You know them, but you really don't know them. Okay, that's an your emotional intelligence level at that point needs to gauge how much you're going to say to them. Okay, so if if I'm going through check through and then I'm like, hey, uh, Susie, it's really great to see you again. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, yes, you know, it's good to see you too, Miss Hawker. So, I mean, that's my first cue. She's calling me by Miss Hawker. She's not calling me by my name, right? Because she's she's seen my charge card. She knows my name. But if, but if I then jump into, Hey, Susie, my family's going away to the lake for the weekend. Why don't you get your whole family and I'll pick you up at five o'clock tomorrow night and we'll all go and spend the weekend together. Now, how weird would that feel? Right. She, that would would, feel really weird. And that's where I think when we're networking or we're, we're trying to build friendships. It's really important to realize, okay, what would be the normal level of progression you would get to to then offer that or ask that? But a lot of us don't do that. So when we, when we open up, sometimes we, we go from we're driving 10 miles an hour with the relationship to, you know what? This is going really well. So I'm going to put the accelerator
0: on.
2: That's right. I love that. I, I, uh, when I'm working with my speakers, I always talk about checking in with your own energy to see how you are being received. A lot of times what happens is, you know, when, especially on Zoom, when you're giving a presentation or you're talking, there's a lot of discomfort because you can't see the other person. A lot of times you can't see the audience to gauge what you're, you're expressing. And so one of the things I invite them to do is check in with yourself. How are you feeling? What is your comfort level? And so if, if you're having trouble reading the other person, you can check in with yourself. I love that. Thank you so much. Okay. Now this one, I just <laughs> love this oh, next boy. question. <laughs> How does gratitude? help us create and develop quality relationships. Oh wow. You
3: you have really put some thought into these questions. I love it. The lack of it, let's start with that. The lack of gratitude shortens a relationship very quickly. If I go out of my way to do something for you, I'm usually doing it because I want to do it for you. I want to give, I want to be helpful. If I do it again, same thing. If it becomes a habit that you expect me to continue to give and give and you don't turn around and acknowledge that I have gone above and beyond to do something for you, the human nature in us starts getting suspicious. We start getting, do they really like me or do they just like what I do for them? Do they want to be in my life or is it because I'm giving them time or money or energy or compliments or? And then the human nature and this eventually gets to the part that then we get really suspicious and we want to stop giving. And when we want to stop giving, then we realize. The, it's a game over and it's, and it's kind of sad. Mm. So, gratitude, if you use it in the opposite way, even for the smallest things, and this is, I've been married successfully for 30 years. It's like one of my greatest.
2: Congratulations! Greatest, great, one of my greatest
3: accomplishments. It's like. It is a huge accomplishment. Yes. Three beautiful daughters. They've successfully launched. They're happy. They're thriving. I mean, so, and I don't mean that in a braggadocious way, but I'm saying that. I've had to learn some lessons along the way, and one of the biggest things for those that want to stay happily married is communicate to your partner. Even if they do something small for you, they bring you a cup of coffee, they load the dishwasher, they made sure the dog got out front, or they're like, for today, they're I'm doing, I'm working nonstop. They're bringing me some nourishment, but." But say thank you, and for some reason within our family and our close inner circle of friends, we forget the power of thank you, the power of you went out of your way, Monique, to help me, and I really. And usually the friend or family member would go, "It was nothing," and then that's when we we do not give up and we say it was something to me. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. So thank you. If we can only just weave that in four, five, six, eight times a day, people will find out their relationships are just incredibly better. I mean, because people don't have to do stuff for us. They do it because they either like us or love us. And likewise, but gratitude, you know, and then I loved it how you started our talk today with what am i grateful? This is the month of giving, this is the month of gratitude. And and i that's my perspective but i believe that we have to be grateful for all of our blessings and we have to name them. And when we take them for granted, sometimes the blessing faucet starts turning off
2: because <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love how you put it. That's terrific. And my final question to you Elizabeth is what is a magnetic voice to you?
3: Ooh, Well, obvious one is yours because I'm learning so much about the draw. (laughs) I love how you pose your questions and you do your pause. So a magnetic voice to me is one where your listeners, and I believe they are having done this interview with you, your listeners are leaning in. So when somebody's making sure that they're not disconnecting, but they're hitting the pause button if they have to go do something else, but they're going to come back and listen to you. And Monique, you've got that
2: going on at the Magnetic Voice. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy for you. And thank you so much for being a guest on our show My dear listeners, I invite you to pick up Elizabeth's book, Collecting True Friends. Uh, We're going to have it in the program notes so that you can, can get a hold of it. It is a beautiful book, and I'm so happy that you were tenacious enough to get your message out into the world. And it's still going. Thank you so much. It's still going. Thank you so much. There's more to learn, and thank you,
3: Monique, for having me today. I, I hope it's helped some people, and I would love to hear from them. I would love to hear what they think of and teach me. I'm learning every day. Thank you. You're so
2: welcome. So here we are, moving in to the place where gratitude lives, as we open our heart and mind and soul to the energy of gratitude. We consciously connect, releasing anything that is not gratitude. We open our heart and we say thank you heart for supporting me in beating and taking care of me in all the ways that you love me from the inside out. Thank you, body, for supporting me, for housing my soul, for connecting me to this planet Earth. Thank you, mind, for the power of creation, for the potential to connect to the divine within. We feel the energy and the waves of gratitude moving through our entire being now. And as we consciously connect within, We now open to connecting to the world without. We call forth our friends, known and unknown. We call forth our partners that partner our lives, our loves, our work we call forth our mentors and our teachers and we consciously connect to them and we call forth our family and our beloveds we are now consciously creating a circle of being that are filled with our gratitude. We imagine their hearts opening and we flood them with gratitude and love. And now with our heart of hearts, we envision the entire world. And we open our circle and feel these waves of gratitude moving out from our heart, out into the entire world, creating waves of gratitude and love surrounding and encompassing the entire world. A world so in need of love, so in need of connection. And as we commit to giving others our love and attention, filled with gratitude, we give others the opportunity to tune into their own gratitude. And as we become still and experience this opening within and without, We are filled with the light and love of the divine pouring through us, creating connection within and without.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Magnetic Voice here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. The Magnetic Voice is copyright 2021, Monique McDonald, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.